Get ready to rumble. Chilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. Vince Everett Ellison, a member of Project 21, author of terrific books like The Iron Triangle, a well-sought-after public speaker and producer of the new film, Will You Go to Hell for Me? And my goodness, we have so much to talk about. Vince Everett Ellison, Welcome to the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Let's talk about the title of the film. It's very provocative, and people should really understand where we're going with this. So let's start there, Vince. Yeah, the, the title of the film is Will You Go to Hell for Me? And it uh, started from a, from an incident that um, in 2016, my daughter and I were traveling. Uh, it was during the Thanksgiving holidays, and Donald Trump had just been elected, and uh, they were having this protest, this women's march was going down there to protest it. And my daughter and I stopped at this McDonald's to get something to eat, and they had a caravan going up there. And uh, one of the women from the caravan, seeing that my daughter was black, walked up to her and said, hey, we're going up to Washington, D.C. to run this thing out of the White House. Would you like to join us? Uh, we're, we're feminists, we're pro-abortion, da 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 And my daughter looked at her and said very politely, said, ma'am, I cannot go with you because I'm a Christian and I vote my values. I voted for Trump. And I said, wow, that was so, I was so pleased with her, but it was so illuminating. And I said, why can't more people just say that? I'm a Christian and I vote my values. Because when you look at the Democratic Party, it has always been you know, well, racist and, and mean-spirited, but now it's racist, mean-spirited, and it's insane. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to a point where it's, it's really dangerous to vote for this party because you're voting for a party that believes in nine-month abortion, abortion up to the birthday. We've had, our, we've had our disagreements on abortion, right? But only 10% of the population believes that nine-month abortion is correct. But the Democratic Party, the whole Congress voted to support, and the Senate supported, to support nine-month abortion. You have a party that last month voted against a bill that would mandate that if children survived abortions, that doctors had to render aid. No, they voted to let the baby die. A party that now believes in castrating little boys and calls them little girls, giving double mastectomies to little girls and calls them little boys. They think that you can vote for this and not be held accountable for it. They've convinced the American people and the Christian community that there's some type of severability between their vote and their actual person. Well, Romans 14 and 12 tells us that we will stand in front of God and be held accountable for our lives. It's no escaping it. You are not going to be able to vote for somebody knowing that they are going to kill a child and think that you're not going to be held accountable for it. If you think that's true, ask a Nazi who voted for Adolf Hitler, knowing he was going to kill millions of Jews and see what happened to them. So they've convinced us that we can vote to allow them to murder children and mutilate children, do all kinds of harm and child abuse, and then think that we're just going to say, well, I voted for it, but I didn't do it, so it doesn't affect me. That is the lie. You will be held accountable for it. And that is why I'm telling Christians right now that you people that support the Democrat Party, 
if you keep on supporting this party, knowing that it's doing what it is doing, you're going to wake up in hell. How did we become, Vince, so disconnected? Let's talk specifically about the Democrat Party because they are disconnected. But how did they become disconnected, particularly when it comes to the issue of life and the mutilation, uh, the sexual mutilation of children? I mean, how did this happen? They've always been an evil institution. Uh, I started my um, my uh, documentary with that definitive statement that the Democratic Party is the evilest institution in the history of the world. And you and, and, and you know from my previous best-selling books, The Iron Triangle and 25 Lives, I've said the same thing. I mean, from 1800 to 1860, they were the party of abortion. I mean, from uh, 1800 to 1860, they were the party of slavery. From 1860 to 1865, they were the party of succession. From 1865 to 1975, they were the party of Jim Crow. You know, just mean-spirited. You can't vote because you're black, castrating people, shooting people, killing people, segregation, extra-constitutionality. That's low-down, dirty, mean-spirited stuff, you know? For no other reason, just for power. And now they they have graduated into abortion, transgenderism. Why? Because whoever had the money, whether it was the plantation owners, whether it was the people who owned succession, whether it was the people that were running the South when it came to Jim Crow, whoever had money, and wanted power, they could go to the Democratic Party, and the Democratic Party said, if you got the money, we got the time. And they could buy the Democratic Party anytime, anyplace, anywhere. So if a group of evil people want, want power, they go to the Democratic Party. Matter of fact, in 25 Lies, I talked about, I had three uh, very great references of people that talked about how the Nazis, when they wanted to write their, their Nuremberg laws, came to America in the 1920s and said, oh, they talked to the the Jim Crow South Democrats, because they had done the same thing to Jews that they, to black people that they wanted to do to Jews. Because the Democrats were Nazis a hundred years, so the Nazis were Nazis. They've always been this way. This isn't new for them. And this is and this is the fourth iteration of this party that we've had to destroy in order to keep America going. They are an evil institution. They are controlled by a cabal of perverts, liars, psychopaths, and anti-Christian bigots. And we have to deal with them based on that concept. As we look at this, and you mentioned the fourth iteration, it might be instructive to talk about it for historical purposes so people understand that there's been a morphing going on here and that uh, many people have been fooled by this. So where did they start and where are they presently? Well, what we have to do is go back in history and let people understand how we got here. And this is what I do in, in, in the documentary. And I want your, your, your listeners to go to when you go to hellforme.com and view the trailer and then buy or rent this documentary. You can get it on DVD, or you can stream it, or you can rent it. But the trailer, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hattie says the best trailer they've ever seen. Mm. And many people have said it's the best movie they've ever seen. And they've and everybody says it's the best documentary that they've ever seen, because I cover information that's never been covered before. So to get back to what, what you asked, your question, we have to go back to how we got here, and many people don't understand or know it. It's like you have a disease, right? And you're just in pain. And you keep going to the doctor and he's telling you, I don't know why you're in pain. When he finally figures out, he said, there it is. That's the cyst right there. If I remove that cyst, your pain stops. Once he determines what's causing the pain, he can remove it. And then the pain stops. We have to go all the way back to the civil rights movement. When the Marxists decided to infiltrate it and use the black vote to commandeer the Democratic Party and then use the Democratic Party to take over the federal government of the United States of America. Martin Luther King's hands were all in it. From his mountaintop speech, when he, I mean, his I Have a Dream speech, when he stood up and told black people that 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That's a bald-faced lie. I was born free. My freedom was uh, given to me by God. 
It's called, according to John Locke, it is irrevocable, non-transferable, and unsellable. He told us to walk around begging man to, to accept us for the color of our skin, to no longer judge us by it. That's unchristian. It's unmanly. Think about me as a man walking around concerned about how my enemy views the color of my skin, wanting him to love me. My job is to love him and make him understand that he better not put his hands on me, though. Again, and King told us about that this Christianity was a nonviolent religion. That's a lie. Christianity was a religion of non-aggression. There is no virtue in me allowing someone to rape my wife and my daughter because I'm nonviolent. Or for me to walk down the street and look at a man that's raping a three-year-old child and me standing there and say, well, I can't do nothing because I'm Christian. No, my job is to grab him, whoop him until he stops fighting, hold him for the police, and turn him in and testify against him and have him put in jail. So he had us give up our manhood to our enemy, and now we are not respected. So we have this Marxist concept now that government is our God. He didn't tell us to depend on Jesus. Go to his monument and see his God anywhere on it. No, he's nowhere on it. So the reason why there's vitriol in America toward black Americans is that when you look at a black person, nine times out of ten, they have a Marxist concept when it comes down to government, that they want to give their freedom away, and they want you to give your freedom away to government also. And they depend on it and not God for what they get. It started there. And it now it's morphing into the white community where our idea of Christianity and us believing in God and Jesus and defending ourselves is going out the window. We want to give it all to government. And this is our fight. Us Christians must go back into the street and remind Christians what Christianity is. It is not a belief in government. It's not a belief in giving away your freedom to an all-power Washington, D.C. It's taking away from them. Apply it to yourself, and then you apply it to God. So as long as so we decided to start giving away our Christian Christ-likeness to government, it started with the Civil Rights Movement. It continues on to this day, and we have to pull this stuff up root and stir. Vince, I love the point that you made in comparing and contrasting nonviolence versus non-aggression. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself and looking at these poor kids who are in the government schools who are getting essentially uh, sexually traumatized even by the discussions, but leading to other things physical down the line. And where are the fathers? How could fathers stand by and watch their kids be assaulted like this to the point of even having physical emasculation or the breast cut off and the father just stands there and does nothing? The physical and, and mental castration of the father started uh, with slavery. It, it became a, um, accelerated during the civil rights movement. I cover this in my um, movie. Martin Luther King Jr. was part was, was responsible for the man out clause or the man in house, house clause in welfare. Be, uh, before the civil rights movement, almost 80% of black children were born into two-parent families. I was born into a, a, a two-parent family. We, were, we may have been poor, but we weren't lazy. And we were honest, and we worked. When AFDC came uh, after after World War II, age of families with dependent children, because you had you had widows. After about twenty years, the, the children had grown up, but we still had the money, and the money started going to women who were not widows, who only had children but were not married. And Patrick Moynihan saw a trend. He saw that black black mothers were no longer getting married, and that they were using AFDC to not get married. He told Lyndon Johnson, we need to put the black man back at the head of his family. If we do that, he did this in the Moynihan Report in 1965. If we do this, we'll save the black family. Moynihan said, take it to the civil rights community. And Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights community turned it down. Matter of fact, in his book, uh, Bearing the Cross, David Garrow talks about this incident where he said, McGeorge Bundy told, told uh, Johnson, there's a, there's a reason 
It's a wonder that Moynihan got out of that room alive. They, they almost killed him. And they told Johnson they wanted the man out of the house before the woman could get any welfare. And in one generation, as you know, if you subsidize something, you get more of it, right? So they continue to subsidize women having children without fathers, saying if the father was in the house, you would get no welfare. And in one generation, we went from having 80% of our children born in wedlock to almost 80% being born out of wedlock. And they've completely castrated the man. The government became the daddy. And now these children that are around their fathers is out of sight, out of mind. And now the government has them. And it's a shame what they're doing to them. We should talk further about what it's like to be in a fatherless home and what are the societal ramifications. So there's personal and societal ramifications. What have you witnessed over the years? They're getting what they want. See, I have witnessed a complete other dystopia. But this is what the Democrat Party wants. We have evidence. We have studies. We have tremendous amount of data that shows what a fatherless home does to a child. And to you and I, it is completely and utter destruction. But the Democratic Party is exactly what they want. They want an ill-educated, demoralized, defeated population that they can control. They know what they're doing. These people go to Harvard, Yale, and Oxford. They know exactly what they're doing. Uh, Frederick Douglass, Douglass talked about in his book when his, his first memory as a child was when his grandmother took him on a 15-mile journey to another plantation, took him and, and, told, and told him he'll be, that she'll be right back. He waited in the kitchen, and he waited for about 30, 40 minutes, and he didn't know until later that his grandmother had left him there, and he never saw her again. We've been taught to do it. I saw on route where the mother of this beautiful little girl was escorting her daughter to the overseer's uh, shack to get raped, turned over to him. We've been educated to do it, to turn our children over to our enemy, to let unbelievers educate our children. And no matter what I say, no matter how much evidence I show, only the, the smartest and the most elite thinkers will understand what I'm thinking about, what I'm talking about. And that'll be about 10% of the population. How do we change it? We have to go back to the teachings of Jesus Christ again. We have to start teaching people that they are under the guise of the, uh, of the enemy. Satan is, Satan, is, Satan is controlling the Democrat Party. And we have to always, every chance we get, call them exactly what they are. An evil institution. A slaughterhouse. A gang of savages. All they do is meditate on blood. And this is what my documentary talks about. Please go to willyougotohellforme.com, watch the trailer, and then order the DVD, stream it, or rent it. It'll change your life. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast continues with Vince Everett Ellison in just a moment. Borderhawk.news is a one-stop shop with the latest news about immigration, nationalism, and globalism. The Borderhawk staff daily curates immigration news stories and in the fashion of the Drudge Report, updates the site with cutting-edge content and original first-class commentary. Borderhawk.news highlights national and international media reports, tweets, and nuggets buried in local news blurbs, polls, video clips, and policy research. Borderhawk is pro-legal immigration, pro-rule of law, 
But against an unsecure border, as countless Americans have suffered violence at the hands of criminal illegal aliens, and an increasing number of Americans are concerned about how mass migration affects their daily life, BorderHawk.News will remain on the forefront of the immigration issue with a buffet of info to read, evaluate, and share. Bookmark BorderHawk.News. Add them on social media at BorderHawkNews on Twitter. Our guest is Vince Everett Ellison on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. We're talking about his new documentary, Will You Go to Hell for Me? You'd brought up earlier, and I think this bears its own conversation, the topic of abortion. And there are those who are claiming that black and other minority communities have not been targeted by the likes of Planned Parenthood. I'd love for you to respond to that because it sure looks as if they have. Yeah, that, that's a lie. As a matter of fact, in my documentary, I talk, I talk about it, and I talk about the fact that the first recipient, as you know, Margaret Sanger started Planned Parenthood. In the 1930s, she uh, developed this thing called the Negro Project. She called black people human weeds that needed to be pulled and needed to be destroyed. And and it was designed to basically decimate the whole black community. Guess who the first recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award was in 1966? You got it, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. Why? Because he used the civil rights movement to help set up abortion clinics in the black community, helped Planned Parenthood get a foothold in the black community. And this is why the whole legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. is so damaging. And this is why we have to deal with it. The, our Bible, the, the, the disciples asked Jesus Christ, how do, you know, how do you know false prophets? He said, you'll know them by the fruit they bear. You will not get good fruit from a, from a bad tree or bad fruit from a rotten tree. Each fruit and tree would be after its own. When you look at the black community and you see that the black church has been destroyed, it's an apostate church now. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. had a lot to do with this when he bought the leftists and the Marxists and the atheists. This is the black church. The black family's been destroyed. The black economy has been destroyed. The black educational system has been destroyed. And we, we have five times more black men in prison. We have AIDS. We have drug abuse. We have murder. If you look at the black community and you say that the tree is rotten, where the fruit is rotten, then the tree that it came from had to be rotten. And I always ask the question that Martin Luther King Jr. has this monument. He doesn't have it for what he's done for black people. He did it what he did for liberals and for these Marxists here in America. He got the monument for destroying the black family, for destroying the black church, for putting us in a position where we had to depend on these Marxists and these communists for our very existence. Because if you look at it otherwise, and you ask one of these liberals a specific question, tell me something on the aggregate that Martin Luther King Jr. that helped the black community, and you get a blank stare. They can't give it to you. They said, well, he gave you the right to vote. No, we had the right to vote in 1870 through the 15th Amendment. You didn't give us the right to vote. Black men were just too cowardly to exercise the right to vote. They allowed other uh, white, white men to uh, make them fearful. They wouldn't pick up their guns and say, I'm a free man. You're not going to keep me from my constitutional right. Instead, they laid down, allowed their rights to be trampled, and wouldn't stand as free men. And he never taught us to stand as free men. He taught us, even to this day, to beg government. Unlike, our, unlike the Asian community, unlike the Indian community, unlike the Jewish community, the black community is still taught to act as slaves. There's only two things that will allow you this arm, a pet and a slave, and I'm neither. 
these black preachers, like these two young black men, they got kicked out of the General Assembly of the state of Tennessee. What were they screaming and yelling about? They want the black community to disarm itself. Think about that now. In a war zone where people are getting shot and killed and murdered every day, the police cannot help. These guys are telling black people to disarm themselves. And these young men are under the age of 30 years old. So the left and the Democratic Party are making another generation of suicide bombers for them, just like the PLO and Hamas, to go out there and do their dirty work. And this is how they use the black community, as a bunch of suicide bombers for their cause. A demoralized, beaten, broken population, just like they had uh, on the plantations 150 years ago. And they are trying to turn America, the whole nation, into that. This is what they want. They want to finish what the Confederacy started. And they are full speed ahead. And if we don't wake up, they're going to accomplish it. The corruption of the church, as you reference, is widespread and very serious and very damaging. If we look to present state of the black church, do we see any sort of revival coming? I know personally there are some black pastors in my listening area that uh, are right-minded and love God and tell the truth, but they seem to be rare. Is that turning around? I hope so. It's very rare. The tree where the larger denominations are coming from, they're rotten. If you look into the past to kind of see what happened, before the civil rights movement, the black church was about doing what it was supposed to do. And that was preparing us to live forever in the presence of Jesus Christ. Black preachers are not politicians. They're theologians. And then they try to get involved in politics and they get controlled. They get railed. That's not their game. And they're arrogant and prideful enough to think that they can get up there with people like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and look through a a 50,000-page bill and know what the heck's going on. They don't know what they're doing. So they're used most of the time. And Martin Luther King Jr., he was used. Stanley Levinson, Bayard Rustin, Jack O'Dell, all of them. They uh, bankrolled the civil rights movement out of Moscow. My documentary talks about this. It's proven. They gave Martin Luther King Jr. in uh, 2024 money about $650,000 in a five-year period of time, is proven. So he wasn't this poor, desperate preacher. He was getting paid very, very well out of Moscow for doing what he was doing. And in 1961, he was given instructions to go take over the, the National Baptist Convention for the civil rights community and basically for the civil rights uh, movement and basically for the Marxists. When Bishop Jackson, who was over the the National Baptist Convention was one of those old school guys and he ran for re-election. Kingdom wanted this thing so bad that they started to fight on the floor, had to bring the police officers in. They killed they killed a minister on the floor during during this melee. And when King lost, he was excommunicated from the National Baptist Convention, which actually means he was excommunicated from the black church. A lot of people don't know this. It's in my documentary. Yes, King was excommunicated from the black church in nineteen sixty one. What did King do? King then started his own religion. Yes, his own religion. He called it the Progressive National Baptist Convention. All your listeners can look it up. This is the sect that Raphael Warnock, Senator Raphael Warnock belongs to. The senator from Georgia, the apostate preacher that that, uh, uh, supports LGBTQ, gay marriage, abortion up to the ninth month, all of this ignorant stuff. Yeah, that Raphael Warnock is a protege of a religion that Martin Luther King Jr. started that is permeated through 
the entire black church that has taken God out of it and replaced God with government. And this is why you see every black preacher thinking that he's supposed to march. He's supposed to uh, be out there sweating in the streets, fighting with police, screaming no justice, no peace, screaming that we're not free, screaming that we're oppressed and that we're victims. Let me tell your listeners something, and I talk about this in my documentary. You cannot be a Christian and be oppressed. You cannot be a victim. You cannot be a Christian and be a victim. It's an impossibility. Why? Because I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I'm a child of God. You cannot oppress me. I cannot be victimized. Every Christian chooses his own way. When you hear these apostate black preachers all running around talking about talking about victimization and oppression, they are liars and they're apostates. Every last one of them. Every last one of them. You are speaking against the power of God who tells you you are more than a conqueror, who tells you that you will not want for anything if you believe in him. He said, ask and it shall be given. He said, I will give you everything you need. I'll take care of every last one of your needs. But instead, they're walking and sweating, going up to Washington, D.C., begging government to do what God is supposed to do. This is why the black community is at the bottom, a very socioeconomic statistic in America, because we have turned away from God. We've been led by a bunch of liars, apostates, and hypocrites. And my documentary fills in all the blanks and tells us that as Christians, we're brothers and sisters, and that we, the true Christians, have to now go out in the streets and do what we're supposed to do and turn our people back to God. That's the solution to every problem. Finally, Vince, if if there were two or three things that could be changed policy-wise that you would recommend, how would we turn things around? What would be the things, the places that we should start? There'd just be two things. There'd be um, school choice, Mm -hmm. allowing uh, children to be taken out of these failing public schools and allowed to go to schools that will wire them up with their religion and discipline ABCs, one, two, threes, and get away from all of this transgender, CRT, drag queen, uh, sexual grooming foolishness. That would be number one. And number two would be a type of welfare form that would put the impetus back on work and family because the government has the ability to tax and they have the ability to subsidize. And you and I both know that anything that the ability to tax is the ability to destroy and the ability to subsidize is the the ability to encourage. So if the government could do two things, one would be to allow these children to get educated. Just allow them to get educated. You don't have to do it. Let them go. We'll do it. That's one. School choice, give people that tax money back to school choice. And number two, give people back that tax money so they can build their families, so they can get married. So you stop, something happened when the Supreme Court made same-sex marriage legal. It cheapened it. It's like stolen valor when these guys would act like they had Congressional Medals of Honor, walk around telling people that they had done these great things in war. And the, the real winners would confront them and tell them, no, you didn't win that. You are not a real Medal of Honor winner. And they would confront them with the cameras. It's the same thing with this. Marriage between a man and a woman used to be something that was sanctified, that you looked up at it and said, this is good because you're going to produce children. You're going to keep a family together. You're going to, you're, you're going to stay together for life. You're going to do great things. And now the Supreme Court cheapened it where two men can say they're married. Two women can say they're married. Three men and two women can say that they're married. Three, five men and six women can say that they're married. And now I heard that Davis Bridal is, is, is um, going into bankruptcy because nobody's getting married anymore. It's they're cheapened it. 
The counterfeit always cheapens the original. This is why we don't allow counterfeit, counterfeiting when it comes to money and when it comes to diamonds and when it comes to Cadillac. But they'll do it when it comes to marriage. And it's about to destroy this whole society. So they need to get their hands off marriage and family. And they need to allow people to educate their children properly and just get the heck out of the way. Vince, if people want to see the documentary that you produced, Will You Go to Hell for Me? Tell us where we can do that. Go to willyougotohellforme.com. Will you go to hellforme.com? You will see the trailer. You can watch the trailer, and then you can rent or buy the video. You can stream it, or you can rent it, or you can buy the DVD. YouTube just took it off YouTube. It had over 100,000 views. They took it off saying something about, took the trailer off saying something about the trailer was violent. They allowed Snoop Dogg to go in and say the N-word. They allowed Cardi B to go in half naked, cussing, fighting, shooting. But they won't allow this because this is the truth. There is a conspiracy, y'all. And to every Christian out there, please hear me. I'm an African-American. I'm a black, Christian, conservative in America. I say, when they talk about white supremacy and systemic racism and, and white privilege, I say it's a privilege to be white. But it's also a privilege to be black. It's a privilege to be a Christian in America. And I'm not giving up any of my privileges. Every day I stand up for us and people ask me this, what can I do? This is what you can do. You can go and buy this DVD. Every dime I get, I reinvest it back into this project. If we don't stand together like they stand together, we are done. I come out here. They ask me, why are you so brave? I say, I'm brave because I don't believe that my people will let me suffer and let these devils destroy me. I need you to buy this DVD. I need you to support this work. I need you to take it to all your friends and show it to them. It is fire. And everybody that watches it is changed. You can also go on the website and read the reviews. You'll see the reviews from people that have actually bought it and watched it. There's not a single bad review. Everybody that's seen this DVD has said it's the best documentary they've ever seen. And some have said it's the best movie. So support this effort. Support this work. And you'll see more people like me coming out and speaking the truth. But it's hard to come out and speak the truth when the people that you defend leave you to be destroyed. So back me up because I'm backing you up every day. It's critically important for people to do that. And you've never been afraid to tell the truth. And I appreciate it so much. Vince Everett Elson, thank you for joining us today on The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. That concludes another edition of The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time.